Thank you for joining Vertical Church Online. Today, Pastor Brian will be talking about the seed that will overcome the weed and how it's really the small things in life that you can start with that will grow into what will really change your life. It's an amazing message. Here's Pastor Brian. I struggle with the fear of rejection. Sometimes I, I find my identity in the opinions and views of others or in my circumstances instead of my identity in Christ. When I do that, I'm choked. glad you're here today. It's already been a great day, and it's going to get better. Today, as you can see, we're baptizing. So some great stories coming up today. Yeah, amen. You're going to see some real-life stories of the power of the gospel to change, absolutely change a life. You know, I was thinking that song is a prayer, word of God speak. And I know there's sometimes you might think, you know, I'm praying, and I don't know if God hears me, if he's going to answer my prayer. I can promise you this. If you are praying, word of God, speak to me. He will. That is a prayer he will answer. So I know that is our heart today. I know you didn't come here just to be the same as you were last week, because you could have stayed home and done that. I know you didn't come here to just go through another routine Sunday because you could have gone somewhere else and done that. But you're here today because you believe God is in this place. His word is alive. His spirit is here. And he has the power to speak and change you. Amen? That's why we're all here today. This series has been awesome. I have loved what God has been doing in our hearts. I love the stories that I hear from people of weeds that he is calling in individual lives to be removed. I love the power of his word to transform us. We do series here on Sunday mornings that range from uh, books of the Bible, passages of the Bible, sometimes just a single verse in the Bible, and we'll hang out there for about eight or nine weeks, and then we'll move on to something else, because I believe God works like that. He has new things he wants to teach us, new things he wants to do. So today, we come to the close of a series choked. Next week, we begin a brand new series, and staff are wearing the shirts that go with the series. The series is called I Know a Ghost. Man, I cannot wait. This series will all be about how to know and have closeness with the Holy Spirit who is in you. Check out this preview video. People like to talk about who they know. Some say they know a celebrity. Some say they know a professional athlete. I guess they think that who they know makes them someone. I don't really know any celebrities. I don't really know anyone that's wealthy. My story's a little different. But it is the truth. Who you know does make you someone. You see, I know a ghost. So you're going to want to be here next week for that. It's going to be so great. Uh, you'll find this out on social media this week. You can share it and invite friends and be a part of it. So we're excited. And you'll hear more about how you get one of these shirts next week. So today we finish up choked. You know, there's an interesting, um, fascinating principle in the design of God. And when you study his ways, you start to see patterns. You start to see how he moves. 
We're going to see a passage today where it talks about his ways, the way he does things, are different than the way we do things. So if you understand his ways, then you can see him at work in your life. That means you got to put aside your ways to go with his ways. And the the beautiful principle we're going to see today is that if you want to see God do big things in your life, you've got to know how to recognize and celebrate the small things. Let me just say it one more time. If you want to see God do big things in your life, you've got to know how to recognize and celebrate the small things in your life that God is doing. Sometimes we get all, you know, weirded out about life and we neglect to recognize the small things and we get angry, bitter, upset, fearful, doubtful. It's usually because we are not looking at it from God's way. We're looking at it from our way. You have to recognize and celebrate the small things. God always starts something new with small things. When he wants to begin a physical life, when a baby is going to be born, he starts with a very small thing. He starts with a seed. And that seed is implanted and life is formed. Yes, life is formed then when the seed is planted. And then it grows. You don't dismiss the small thing because you can't see it, wrap your mind around it, or understand it. But you know he is at work. He always starts with the small thing. And he, when he wants to carry on plant life, plant life begins with a very small thing, a seed. You might go down to the store and pick up a package of seeds, and on the front of the package is a picture of what that seed will one day be. But on the inside are the seeds that in the moment do not look like what it will be. They're just seed. But you don't dismiss the small things. You accept the small things. You recognize the small things. You plant the small things. And you wait because the big thing is coming. This is a pattern. This is a way that God works. So today, I want us to see in our final message, the seed that overcomes the weed. The weeds that we've talked about over the past several weeks, whether they be comparison, envy, greed, fear of what others think, whatever they might be, you may have already begun the work in your life of trying to remove all the weeds. And it's difficult. When they've taken root, been there for a while, it's tough uprooting comparison. It's tough uprooting that scrolling mentality that compares your life with everyone else that you see or that scrolling mentality on the TV, whatever it is that you flick, change the channel with, whatever it is. It's tough breaking the pattern of looking at other people, comparing your life, of being envious of other people on your street. But you have to break the pattern. You've got to remove the weed. But the way you do that is by recognizing the seed in the soil of your heart that God plants. Because that seed has the power to overcome the weed that has existed in your heart. Let's see this in Scripture today. Isaiah 55 is where we are today. It's in the Old Testament. If you have have your Bible, you can flip almost just open to the middle. Look there, Isaiah 55. One of the more prominent chapters in the Bible. So much prophecy there. So many promises there. Beautiful truth there for us today. Isaiah 55, we're going to be again in verse 8. Here, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, or nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Kind of starts with this, this big picture concept. God says, Look, 
If you want to understand me, if you want to walk with me, it starts with this. The way I do things is different than the way you do things. The way I think is different than the way you think. So you've got to come to God with a mind and heart that says, okay, God, I recognize I have a way that I think, but I come to you because your ways are higher than my ways, and I will submit my way of thinking to follow your way of thinking. Amen? Right? So verse 9, he goes on. God says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your, your thoughts. In other words, God says, look, if you think I'm just a little bit smarter than you, mm -mm, you're missing it. If you think I'm just a little bit different than you, you've completely got it wrong. He says, I'm, I'm so different than you that my, my ways and my thoughts are like the height of the heavens above the earth. That kind of vast difference. So don't come to God thinking, okay, God, I... I think I might be able to comprehend what you're saying. No, uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. You come to God with an end to yourself and a desperation for him. Verse 10, he says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Hold it. Pause. He's going somewhere, but we got to stop and understand some things here because God's revealing his ways. He's showing us his ways right here. And he starts with something we know, we all know about. We know about rain and snow. We know about seed and soil and bread. How many people love some bread? Man, I love some bread. I was at a store recently, and I found out at this store, they sell that brown bread that's at the Cheesecake Factory. Ooh, yeah, uh-huh, see? You've all tasted, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you go to Cheesecake Factory, and you've kind of waited, you've been, you know, you don't go there every day, right? I mean, we don't. So you, you, we go there, finally, it's like this big moment, and out comes the bread. And there's the sourdough in there, and then there's this brown bread. It's like, hey, you can just keep that sourdough stuff. That stuff's like a brick anyway to me. Just give me some more of that brown bread. And, yeah, butter, lots of butter. So they had that at a store. Everybody loves some bread. How do you get bread? It starts with a seed. A seed has to fall into the ground and be covered over, buried. It has to germinate. It has to do some work below the surface. It has to have some rain come down from heaven. And when it does, that seed comes alive. And it begins to push its way up. The new life does. And it pops up through the soil. And it begins to grow. And it begins to have some leaves. And it begins to grow further. And it begins to have some fruit eventually. And then, and only then, can it be picked and prepared and made into bread. It's a process that all begins with seed. God is revealing his ways here. When he even brings rain, it's so that it might come down and give life to the seed. So that the seed might grow. You can't grow seed if you don't have rain. You can't have seed if you don't go through some storms. Uh-oh. You can't, let me say it again, you can't get the new seeds if some rain doesn't come into your life from time to time. You can't get the new if you don't have some rain pouring on your life sometimes. That's why we don't reject it when the rain pours on our life, when the storms come, because God's ways are not like our ways. We don't like the storms. We say, go away, storms of life. I don't like this. This is painful. This is difficult. Storms, I don't want you around. And God says, you don't understand. My ways are not your ways. And when I bring a storm, it's because I'm about to unlock some seed. I'm about to cause some new life to grow inside you. So God is unlocking for us a pattern here. 
Small things lead to big things. Big things start with small things. You don't feed your family until you put some seed in the ground. God brings rain that it might cause the seed to grow. And in the same way that God does this in the physical realm, he does it in the spiritual realm. So look here, look at it again. As the rain comes down, snow from heaven, not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater, small leads to big. Here's what he says next. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. When God speaks, it's with intention. He doesn't waste words. He has intention with his words. And when he speaks, they have life in them, power in them. He speaks that they might fall into the soil of our lives. He'll rain on them so that life can come from them. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty. I don't waste my words, God says. But it will accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. When God speaks, he says his word is like seed that comes down on the soil of our heart. So stay with me here. When God speaks, it's often in a very small way to begin with, like a seed. It hits you and I like a thought that just appears, a still small voice that whispers to you, an impression, uh, a moment where God speaks. And he doesn't always start off with the grandiose fireworks. He doesn't always lead out with the big giant picture vision. He usually starts with a very small promise, a very small word, a very small command to follow him. And when you act on the small thing, when you recognize the small thing, and when you celebrate the small thing, it will lead to the big thing. It's the pattern in which God works. That's why it's so important that we don't dismiss the small things that God is saying. That you don't dismiss today during this next 30 to 45 minutes of this service. That you don't let yourself get distracted. That you don't dismiss. That you don't decide, ah, that's probably not for me. No, we are all on heightened spiritual awareness right now. God, I've prayed and asked you to speak so I'm going to be ultra-sensitive to you speaking to me. You don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about who's around you. Don't worry about that other person that really needs to hear this. Because the one who really needs to hear this is you and me. Amen? So I'm sensitive to the small things, the small impressions, the small thought, the small idea that God plants in our hearts and minds. But this is how it starts. He whispers, he speaks, and we follow and obey. Don't dismiss it because it's small. Don't dismiss it because it seems like it might be insignificant to you. A seed would look insignificant to someone a seed appears to be incapable, incapable of protecting itself. A seed would appear to be weak. A seed would appear to be lifeless. Oh, but don't dismiss the power of a seed. 
Because inside the seed is everything that seed needs to become a mighty tree. So don't dismiss the small things that God is saying. There's a story in the Bible in the Old Testament about a prophet, um, Elijah's his name. And uh, he's a prophet during the time when there's a great drought because God has been trying to teach his people something. And so this drought comes upon the land and the people have cried out to God. And God says, okay, Elijah, I'm going to do something great. I'm going to send rain. And Elijah and the people hadn't seen rain in a long time. But Elijah was a man of faith. Elijah was a man who had trusted God. Elijah was a man who knew that when God spoke, whatever he said, he was going to do, no matter how small it was at the time. So in the stories you read through the scripture there, Elijah has a servant. He sends him out and says, hey, um, do you see anything in the sky yet? Servant goes and looks and says, no, I, it's just the sun. That's it. There's nothing out here. Elijah prays and waits. He says, I want you to go back and look one more time. Servant goes back out and he looks. He looks and he looks. He comes back and says, you know, you know way over there, I, I think I see a cloud. But it's really just like the size of a man's hand. Not like in this perspective, but like, there. You know, if it's here, it looks like it's really big. You with me? But like way, way up there, there's a little tiny cloud. He tells Elijah, and Elijah says, get up and get ready. It's going to rain. Come on, let's go. And they're like, what are you talking about? He says, come on. And they take off. And sure enough, what started as a cloud the size of a man's hand turned into a massive storm that brought a flood. It all started with something small because he knew the power of don't dismiss the small thing. He knew when it starts, when you hear it, when he speaks to you, don't dismiss it. It's just the beginning. And what he starts, he will bring to pass. So when a small thing comes into your heart and mind, today, tomorrow, Thursday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, whenever God speaks, you be ready in that moment to do exactly what he says. Amen? He'll bring it to pass. It will prosper. It will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. And look, Elijah was, Elijah was a guy who knew he'd seen God do it before, and he knew he would do it again. And that's the way it works in our lives. The more you walk with Christ, the more you realize, okay, God, I heard you. I heard you speak in my heart. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do what you told me to do because I believe the last time I did what you told me to do, and you blessed. You showed up, and I believe because you did it one time, you'll do it again. I believe because you did it 10 times in my life, you'll do it again. I trust you. Here's what happens as we do that, verse 12. He says, here's the result. For you shall go out with joy. And be led out with peace. Mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now this is some more prophecy about time to come. But it is a reality for the time in which we live as well. When you choose to believe what God says... When you take the seed, no matter how small it may appear, and it starts in your heart, and you obey, and you do what he says, what happens next is bigger than you can imagine. He says, here's what it's going to look like. When you obey, when you recognize and celebrate the small thing, he said, you'll end up going out with joy. You're going to move out into your life, and all of a sudden, you're going to have developed a new sense of trust in God. And in spite of what you see happening, you're going to go out with joy because you know God is for you. God is with you. He did it before. He'll do it again. And you trust him in it. Amen. I love what he says next. He says, and you'll be led out with peace. 
You'll walk out into your situation, you'll walk out into your life, and there's gonna be someone leading you, going in front of you. He will lead you, direct you, take you by the hand, reassure you, and who is that? Peace. Peace will lead you out. It's like, come on, come with me. I, I know you're scared. Come on. I am peace. I am peace to you. Come with me. I have got this. Mm. I know what it's like to not live life being led out by peace. I've told you my story. I know what it's like to be led out with fear. I know what it's like to go through life with anxious thoughts, with worry. I know what that's like. And we live in a culture today that is encompassed by that. If we could see into the realm that is spiritual, I believe we'd see even believers being led by peace, but being led by anxiety and stress and worry, and they're not really being led, they're being drug. They're being pulled along because they've not learned to recognize the small things that God has been saying to them and celebrating them and obeying them. And so instead of being led out with peace, they're led out with troubles. He says, if you trust me though, if you'll celebrate the small things that I do, You'll go out with joy. You'll be led out in peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you. Mountains in the Bible were a couple of different pictures. They were sometimes places where you got a new vision of the future. But sometimes they referred to as our troubles. A mountain that stands in the way. A mountain that's difficult to overcome. And here it says the mountains and the hills. The big ones and the little ones. They're going to do something when you have been obeying God. When you have been recognizing the small thing and celebrating the small thing, when you come upon the big thing, the big thing is not going to be a problem to you. In fact, it's going to become a place of worship for you. You'll be standing on that mountain, however big it is, and it'll become a place of worship to you. That mountain will be singing because you'll have faced it with promises. Amen? You won't look at what you think is the catastrophe in your life, whether it be your marriage, your finances, your job, your future, your personal addictions, whatever it might be. You won't look at those as impossible mountains that cannot be overcome. You will look at them with eyes of faith and say, God, I believe you're in the little things in my life. You can do big things. I'm going to believe that you're in the little. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. And you'll stand on top of that mountain singing to the glory of God for what he's done in your life. Amen. That's what happens when you recognize and celebrate the small things. Mm. Um, back in February of this year, Buddy Jones, who normally sits right over here playing the bass, began to have some health issues. And Buddy found himself soon in the hospital. Buddy found himself soon at a place where he spent more time during his day asleep than he did awake. Buddy found himself on more medication than food often in a day. Buddy found himself in a place where he was facing a mountain. Buddy, the doctor said, you're going to have to go on dialysis. If you've ever had a family member go on dialysis, you know what the future holds. Normally, you don't come off of dialysis. So Buddy is facing a mountain. We would visit with Buddy, pray with Buddy. Buddy would listen, believe, and trust. But it was going to be a long, long way. Because the longer he laid there, the less strength he had. The longer he was in bed, 
the more difficult it was to get up out of bed. His wife was faithful to be there, to encourage him. Many from the church would pray, visit Buddy, encourage Buddy. Within the last couple of months, some things began to change for him in an incredibly positive way. He kept trusting in the small moments, waiting for God to do the big moments. This past week, I got a phone call from Buddy, and he said, hey! I mean, there's an unusual you know, excitement to his voice that I normally hadn't heard. Normally it was, hey, I'm in the hospital again. But this was different. Hey, I'm finishing up at the doctor's office. Really? Okay. He said, I want to come by the church and get my base. Really? I knew Buddy hadn't been out of his house much unless it was a trip in and to the hospital with an ambulance. He said, yeah, Paul and I will be driving by in a little bit. I'm going to come pick up my base. I'm going to come by the office. Wow, that's awesome. He said, the doctors told me something today. They said, I don't have to go back on dialysis. In fact, my kidneys are beginning to heal themselves. What? It's awesome. And, of course, he's given all glory to God because of that. And he said, I should be at church Sunday. Really? That's awesome. Here's Buddy sitting right over here. Let me see those microphones. Buddy and Paul are right over here. And one day, Buddy's going to be back over here playing his bass. Next Sunday, say something, Buddy. Say something to us. Uh, bashful. <laughs> right. I really don't know where to begin. It's, it's been an incredible journey. I was, I had several prayers where I was asking God to just take me. Because I couldn't take it. I had no strength. My, my hemoglobin, I don't know if y'all familiar with the numbers, but Seven was the bottom line. Well, I got down to 6.8. And on one of the many ambulance rides back to the hospital from the rehab, uh, I ended up getting some blood and some other stuff. And my hemoglobin level now is 13. Amen. Yeah, amen. And, uh, yeah. I lost 100 pounds. Let me just say that one more time. He lost 100 pounds. Uh, I was, I mean, I was, even after I got home from, I was in two different hospitals for a different number of times in rehab for about a month and a half. And I got home when, they, when I had to, the, the insurance forced me out of the rehab I was right on the verge of getting into my chair. And then the insurance cut me off and I had to go home. It's going to be another two months before I ended up getting in this chair. And one day, Paula just looked at me and says, I know you can do it. She brought the chair in there and said, now get up and get in it. I got up and got in it. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Paula. Yeah. And I had... My strength level was very, very low because, you know, I'd laid in bed for six solid months. And uh, so, I mean, I got out my base yesterday and was, I played for about 45 minutes. Hmm. I mean, my strength is, I mean, I drove here to church. In her First minivan. day to drive? No, you were driving the other day in the minivan. Yeah, right. that's but, my third time to drive. Yeah. I mean, six months of just, laying there couldn't never got out of bed unless the, the ERs came and got me and put me in the stretcher mm -hmm. to another bed yeah and uh, but my strength is just has been it's it's just been unreal how fast the, my, my strength has come back and how good I feel 
And I mean, there for a while, I didn't want to get out of that bed because that was all I knew. You know, I wanted to stay there for the rest of my life. Mm. And thank goodness God talked to Paul and said, get in that chair. (laughs) That's good. That's awesome. Way to go, Paula. For being a faithful wife in a very difficult time. And way to go for speaking a word of encouragement at a time when Buddy needed it the most. That's awesome. (laughs) She said it was more like this. So, hey, I'm grateful. We all need someone like that in our life who sometimes will come along and say, hey, you need to get up out of that chair. You need to come on. I know you've been thinking you're covered over. You can't do anything. God can't use you. But look, it's time to get up. What God is going to do in your life is greater than what's going to happen if you just keep laying there in that bed. So you got to get up. I love how this passage Ends. Let me do this in verse 13. Look what Isaiah says. He says, Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. In other words, when you will recognize and celebrate the small things, the get up out of the chair thing, the come on, you can do this, the God speaking to you moment where he calls you to a moment to follow him, trust him, believe him. When you recognize him in the small thing, big things begin to happen. A seed that's planted becomes a tree. A seed becomes a tree. You might think, well, I've been praying for a tree in my life, but the only thing I've seen is small things. That's because that's the way God works. His ways are not your ways. Quit waiting for the tree to plop down in your life and recognize the seed that's in your life. You want to get something strong and powerful and majestic that will last? Accept the seed. You want to accept and have something beautiful? The myrtle tree. Hey, which is not a lot different than our crepe myrtles we got around here. You want to have something beautiful bloom in your life? Then recognize the seed. A myrtle tree starts with a seed. The great things that God wants to do in your life all begin small. I love how he ends it. He says... He does this so that it shall be to the Lord for a name. I thought he already had a name. He does. But in your life, you have a name for him. You have a name you give him. And when you will listen to him in the small things, you'll see him work in big ways. And all of a sudden, he will become to you a new name. You will look at him and say, God, you are my peace giver. God, you are my protector. God, you are my provider. He didn't need a new name, but those names become personal expressions from us to him. A word of intimacy, a word of connection, me to him, and it'll be a work that will not be cut off. So you want to have the weeds of discontentment, complaining, comparison, greed, envy, fear of what other people think. You want to have those removed from your life? Hear God speak in the small things. Recognize them. Celebrate them. And where there has been briar, weeds, thorns, will come up a tree. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, today, we are so grateful for the small things that you do to speak to us. The small ways that you show up in our life to show yourself faithful 
Forgive us, God, for the times that we have dismissed you because it looks so small, because it seemed insignificant. And today, we are committing as your people to be ones who will recognize the very small things, the quiet, still voice, the promise, the truth, the impression, the leading, that we will listen, we will walk in that. And when we do, you will do greater things than we've ever seen before. And you will get the glory for it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to ask those who are preparing for baptism today to go ahead and prepare at this point. And we ask our ushers to come as we receive our offering or give our offering today as part of our worship, as part of our obedience to the Lord, as part of our doing even the small thing that he calls us to do. Kyle, would you pray for us today? God, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, thank you for giving us the strength to get rid of the weeds, Lord, to be used by you, Lord, so that the world can see the fruit and be drawn to it. God, we thank you that um, what you begin in us, you are faithful to complete. As we give our tithes and offerings today, Lord, may you take them, multiply them, and use them to advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad that y'all are with us here this morning to worship. I'm sorry. Um, if you're a first-time guest, we want to connect with you. And if you didn't get a gift on your way in, it's a worship CD from our vertical band. Um, so make sure and come and see us outside so we can get that gift in your hand. I'm Roseanne. This is Jamie. And these are your vertical announcements. So our Lyft community groups are starting back up the week of September 15th. Those are groups that meet in homes. They're small groups that meet at various times and locations um, throughout the week to meet together, study scripture, um, learn and grow in their relationship with Christ together, and really just support one another and do life together. Our groups um, are all doing different studies this semester. So you will want to check out the paper that's at the Welcome Center. It details when and where the groups meet, whether child care is provided, um, and the study that each group is going to be going through. And Sammy Avalos is going to come talk a little bit about his experience in a lift group. Thanks very much. Hi, everybody. My name is Sammy. So Jamie had asked me to come up here and talk to everybody about lift groups. Uh, they're good, and y'all should get involved. All right, thank you. No. I was like, that is not. <laughs> I just had, I needed something to break the ice. I'm not a good uh, public speaker. But I just took a couple notes. So we've been attending a lift group for the past six years or so, and I can't tell you how much it's helped me and my family. Um, for the longest before, I used to always think that, you know, I had this mentality that, that I can fix everything. I don't need anybody. I don't need any support. I don't need to be dependent on anybody. If there's any issues, that I can take care of it. Um, and here I am today telling you that sometimes we go through life storms for a reason. You know, I think God places certain situations in our lives so that we can be reminded of his love. So he wants us to be dependent on him, on each other. He wants us to be reminded, you know, of his love, his mercy, and his grace. Um, so I strongly feel that he plays, you know, these amazing people in our group. He, he put them there for a reason. He put them there for support and encouragement. You know, they're there definitely praying for us, and it goes a long way. They're also there to, you know, celebrate the amazing things that God is doing in our lives. Um, it's good to, to share experiences, you know, and knowing that we're not the only ones going through this, to be able to relate to each other and saying, you know what, it's not just me. And I just want to tell my lift group, thank you for all that you have done. You guys, you're like family. I really appreciate it. So 
I'll end it with this. I encourage everybody to get involved, especially men out there. You know, I know it was very hard to say, you know what, I got this. It's, it's a good feeling to know that somebody is there to support you. I'll end it with uh, one of my favorite verses. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. From Proverbs 27, 17. Thank you. Thank you, Sammy. So stop by the Welcome Center, pick one of those handouts up, and see where you fit. All right, ladies. Wednesday morning Bible studies is starting back up. Uh, let's check out this video to learn what we're going to be doing. Present Over Perfect is the story of my own kind of messy, circuitous life change from a life of frantic, hustling, overworking, not enough rest, not enough space, not enough grace, not enough connection. Those are all things I wanted my life to be, but I found myself four years ago utterly exhausted and confused a little bit about how I had gotten there. And so I had to essentially dismantle a way of living that I had become very accustomed to and rebuild my life from the inside out, starting with spiritual practices, with prayer, with silence, with spiritual direction. And I had to build a new heart. I had to build a new soul. And then around that, a life and way of living that was congruent with that heart and that soul. into the same journey that I've been on. I want you to look out at your whole life, be really honest and kind of inspect each part of it. Which parts of your life feel light and connected and congruent with how God made you? And which parts feel overly heavy or frantic or weighted down with other people's expectations? What would it look like to leave behind the things that no longer serve you well in order to get to the heart of how you were made and how you were made to live. This is gonna be a life-changing study. I've already read the book and now I'm halfway through it again and it's covered in ink. It is awesome. Um, so we're starting up uh, September 4th at 9 a.m. Um, and the childcare is included for um, school-aged, no, sorry, no school-aged kids under school age. Um, and it's $30 for a full semester, which will be two studies. Um, there's also no other cost included. Um, if you want to dive in more, um, talk with me out here as well as sign up. Talk with me out here. But for the uh, supplies, um, I'll, I'll talk with you all about there, out there. But Bible study, it's going to be great. That's awesome. Great. That starts September 4th. It does, September 4th, yes. And then our Wednesday night program is kicking off this Wednesday at 6.30. It's a one-hour program, and there is something for everyone. Our three-year-olds through our fourth graders are going to be looking at the fruits of the Spirit and learning about how they can be more Christ-like. So it's an awesome study for them. And then we have adult studies as well. That's right. We have three adult studies. Uh, the first one is going to be Pastor Brian's. It's a 12-week study um, that's Becoming an Influential Leader. Uh, learn 12 principles for becoming a person of influence at home, at work, and in life. It's going to be awesome. Another study is our steps class, and that's going to be about taking the steps that you need to experience the freedom and peace in Jesus Christ, and that's going to be taught by Brad and Jana Vanderberg. And then our last one is love languages, which is going to be led by Jerry and Kay Phillips, and they're going to come up and tell us a little bit about it. Morning, everyone. I want you guys to think about a fuel tank. How many vehicles and equipment can you think of that have fuel tanks? What goes into that fuel tank? Fuel. Fuels that vehicle, right? We all have a love tank inside of us that's fueled as well. So what happens if you put gas in diesel or diesel in gas? Quits on you, right? Won't run, right? You go, well, I'm not, you know, I give love. I show love. Okay. What if you put, what if you have a race car and it requires a high octane or nitro and you don't put it in. It's going to run, but is it going to run as good as it should? Are you fueling that tank properly? 
We all have those love tanks. We fuel our love tanks with our spouses, with our kids, with people we work with, people at church, small groups. We all have love tanks. What fuels your love tank? Example, you come home from work. Hey, son, I got you a baseball glove. Here you go. Okay? New baseball glove. Kid might be excited about it. You come home from work and say, hey, son, I got off work early today. Let's go play baseball. He gets excited because his love tank is quality time. Maybe it's not gifts. Another example. Sweetie, I've worked a lot of overtime. I know this means a lot to me. I went and bought you this beautiful diamond bracelet. What do you think about it? Well, uh, it's pretty, but um, if you really want to speak love to me, make me feel love, will you wash the dishes tonight? There you go. <laughs> so, acts of service might be Kay's love tank, not gifts. So we're going to have a lot of fun this week. Uh, for seven weeks, we're going to do a DVD series. I hope you all come out and join us. Um, we'd love for you to come, all ages, men, women, everybody. Just come on, let's have fun. There we go. Thank you, guys. So that kicks off this Wednesday at 6.30 right here on campus. We want to encourage you to stop by um, the booth outside in the lobby and sign up. We're still trying to figure out where we're going to put each class, and so those numbers are really going to help us. So please stop by and sign up for the class that you're interested in. And next week, we're kicking off our new series, um, I Know a Ghost, which is all about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if you like these shirts, they're going to be available to you in a very limited number. So you'll want to make sure and be ready for that. For a suggested donation of $12, we'll have those out um, in the lobby next Sunday. And these are your vertical announcements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Very good. All right. And now for the moment we've been waiting for today, our baptism time. I'm excited for those who have uh, put their faith in Jesus Christ and today have come to say to us and to God, I trust you. I am following you with my life. So I want to introduce some of these folks to you. Let me start today with Tyler Mawinney. Tyler, come on out. Awesome. Hey, Tyler. If you recognize the name, it's because you recognize the name. Tyler is the brother to our own Mawini family, and Bryce is his brother. So you'll recognize when he starts talking, you'll say, I sound just like Bryce. So Tyler, uh, tell everybody why you're here today and what God has done in your life. All right, fun fact, my brother and I, we share a birthday, funny enough, but he's about nine years older, so, you know, he's old, but. Um, like to the minute almost, share a birthday. Pretty close, pretty yeah. close, I'm pretty sure. But um, I wrote a little speech here today just because um, I've had a lot of trials and tribulations in my life, and um, I could do it from memory, but I feel like I'm going to mess up anyway. It's totally but fine, you got it. Today I'm here because I have been reborn into a true Christian church and to be closer to God. Amen. Um, I grew up in the uh, Mormon faith, and I am... And one of the main points in that religion is that you have to earn salvation by going to a different church, a sacred temple, wearing certain sacred clothing. And I just didn't believe in that. Um, I always went off the testimony of my parents and my friends. Um, I also had a hard time in believing that that's the only way you can get into heaven is through earning salvation. Um, throughout my life, I have endured much abuse in middle school, I was abused sexually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. In my previous marriage, I was as well. And I was manipulated because my mental state wasn't in the best, and I was taken advantage of so many times. But knowing just that I can come here every Sunday and worship with Pastor Brian, and I've met with him a couple times, and he's just great. Um, it just makes my anxiety and makes me feel so much better that I can just be here today. And even though I may have almost left this earth a few times, I know that God has put me here in this moment and in this time. And uh, no one has ever accomplished anything great without at least a little pain involved. Um, and I just wanted to end with this uh, scripture from Exodus 15 too, and it says, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So Amen. thank you all for uh, being there for me. 
And uh, I'm uh, excited to be here and fellowship with y'all and just be able to praise God with y'all. Amen. Amen. So we've talked quite a bit about um, the difference in earning salvation and salvation that comes from grace by faith. And so that's what Tyler has come to see, that it is not by what he does. It's by what he has done for us, by what Jesus has done. And Tyler has received that into his life. And I, I hope you'll get to know him more to hear how what he just said has been so true for him. What was anxiety has become greater peace. He's being led forth with peace now in his life. So I'm excited for you, my brother, my friend. So come on in. Yeah, we'll set that down. Awesome. Yeah. And Tyler, do you have friends and family? Yeah, come on up, friends and family. Y'all join in here. Tyler's part of a, a large family of friends. I'm so grateful. So, um, Brianna was telling me that they, her and Caleb had talked to uh, Tyler at the last Next Step lunch and said, Tyler, so, you know, what, what made the difference for you? And what he said to Brianna was, it was watching my brother and his wife and family for the last 10 years serve the Lord and see peace in their life. Wow. 10 years. Years. Don't dismiss the small things you do because big things will come. This is a big thing. Amen? Amen. Yeah, amen. Tyler, I baptize you as my brother in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Good stuff. Thank you, friends and family. Let me introduce to you now Chris Wallace. She's, you might recognize her as the lady at the coffee bar. So she's been serving here already. I think the first week she came, she jumped into the coffee bar and said, I want to start serving, right, Chris? Yeah. So I want Chris to tell you just a little bit about why she is here today. After that, uh, it triggered my bipolarness, and I didn't sleep for two days straight. Um, I had to be placed back into the hospital. Um, and during time, um, I was searching for churches, and I, I found this church. Um, and I just felt the Holy Ghost and the prayers surrounding me and getting me through the darkest time of my life. Amen. Amen. So I want to ask friends and family of Chris to come stand here. And I would say if there are some ladies who want to come stand just in support of Chris, she's on a journey like we all are, who are walking and trusting in Jesus Christ for what he is doing, even through some dark times, through the rain is when he provides seed and new things. So, Chris. Chris, there is forgiveness, there's love, there's mercy, and there's peace in the cross. Peace for our soul, but also for our mind as well. And I know you're experiencing that. We're grateful you, yeah, we're grateful you are here. There's a family, a church family that stands with you to walk with you now. Yeah. Well, I baptize you, Chris, as my sister in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. have McKenna come on out. I'm sure you recognize the name McKenna. McKenna Strasner is here this morning and uh, part of the Strasner family. And uh, McKenna, how old are you? I'm 14. 14. All right. I knew McKenna before she was McKenna. Yeah. <laughs> I just knew Craig and Amy. And so it's a joy to see you here today. 
So uh, this summer's been eventful for you. You got to go to a camp. Talk to us about what happened there. Okay, so I went to Camp Chapuel. It's in Iowa Park, Texas. And I went with Tolo Baptist Church. It's in Tolo. Um, and one night we were there. It was a very powerful night for me, and we had family group after that. And I talked to the youth pastor that was with Tolo Baptist, and I said, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. So he said to come back home and talk to your youth, past, um, your youth pastor and your pastor here at your church. And that's what I did. And I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. So um, McKenna has actually been baptized before. She was a child. And she said she really doesn't remember much about that. So uh, she comes today to say, I am owning my faith. This is not just what my uh, friends did or what uh, my parents wanted me to do, which wasn't the case the first time either. Not that they were opposed to it, obviously. But she comes today to say, this is me. This is my walk with Jesus Christ. So she comes today to make this personal and real for her. Amen. Well, come on in, McKenna. Let's have friends and family come stand here. Well, McKenna, I've had the privilege of uh, watching you grow, uh, of knowing you were just, when you were just really an infant, you were just born. And so to see you today, born again, is a new day, and walking in him. So I'm grateful for your choice to follow him. This is the beginning. This is only the seed of so many more things that God's going to do in your life. And your friends and family all celebrate with you today what God is doing in your life. So McKenna, I baptize you as my sister in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk. All right. Thank you all so much. And then today, we also uh, would like to ask Josh to come to the stage. Josh Lindsay. You might recognize Josh as one of those boys that looks just like him. There's several of them that look just like him. Yeah. And this is Josh, if you're wondering. So uh, Josh is the older brother to some brothers. He's Cana's boy, oldest son, a leader in the family. And Josh was away for about a year, was it? Or seven months. Seven months, so not quite a year. He was at uh, a boy's ranch, and there God spoke to him and has worked in his life, and he's been changed and is still changing, and he's learning to trust God in the areas that God's working in his life and speaking to him about. So, Josh, tell us about when it was that you put your faith in Christ. When was that this past year? I was at a summer camp, and the Lord had just spoke to me. We was in Randall in North Carolina with the boys home, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. It's the best decision you could ever make, and now begins a new process in your life, which God is going to begin changing you growing you up, maturing you, and I'm believing he's going to make you into a godly man, a leader for your brothers, a helper for your mom, and a light to your friends at school and to your family who all need to know the love of Jesus. There's a purpose for your life, Josh. He told me today that, uh, oh, actually a couple weeks ago we talked, he said he wanted to play football, and he said he hadn't but that he wanted to be a leader on the football team. In fact, he wanted to be the quarterback. So, well, way to go. Just press on. He told me this morning he made quarterback. So that's awesome. So part of the reason we're celebrating is not just because you made quarterback, but because when you're in that role, you have a level of influence that's different. And so we're praying that God uses you in mighty ways 
with your friends and in the kingdom. Come on, Josh. Any friends and family? Y'all come stand right here. And so, church, we have a, a young man who's putting his faith in Christ that we all stand to support. Amen? To help grow up in the Lord. To have godly examples and role models in his life who will encourage him. Even to come along and say, hey, it's time to get up out of the chair. It's time to step into the new thing that God is doing. So, Josh... It's a new thing God's doing in your life. We're grateful. I baptize you as my brother in Christ. You're buried with him in baptism. And you're raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. 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 Wow, what an incredible baptism Sunday. It was so great to see uh, everyone come together and celebrate the lives that are changing, people making a dedication of their life to change and make their faith public to everyone. It was such an incredible series of seeing how our life can be choked out by things of, of fearfulness or, or pride or social media and how that can apply to our life. Next week, we start a new series, I Know a Ghost. We'll be having t-shirts here. We'll see you next Sunday at 1030.